Welcome to episode 132 of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Al, I think. And I'm Anton. As far as the last time I checked, I don't have my birth certificate to hand, but uh, you are just going to have to trust me this week. Well, that's okay. I mean, we were just trying to come up with nicknames for each other a minute ago, and I'm pretty sure that we've all been called worse than the nicknames we came up with, but we'll leave those for another episode, perhaps one that nobody ever hears, apart from us, to be honest. Uh, it has been a big week. We had, um, we had a direct. I don't know if any of you guys noticed that at all, but there was a, a direct of some sort this I week. did so. hear something about that. Yeah. 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 It was in the, the footnotes of the week or something like that. But more importantly, uh, I've got to say, Al, you're looking incredibly dapper with um, this weird utensil on your head this week. Yes, there's a, there's a black thing on my head and it's keeping it warm and fuzzy and it's got our logo on it. It's not a it's fork. It's got our logo. It's a, it's a no, beanie. I've got a beanie. Yes. I've got a beanie on my head and it's NSUKP branded. It is. It's very it's cool. cool. It's and very it's great cool. with the patrons. Yeah. And we may have deliberately ordered a few extra that we will do something with mm. in the near future. Yeah, now if you want to get in on the action of all these goodies that we give to our N64 tier Patreons after they've been with us for six months, then head to nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us. Is it .co.uk? Is it .com? It is. It yeah. is. For some I, I reason. I, I just it's had the this, one part you stumble on and it's the most universal part of our... <laughs> I know, I know. I've got the rest of it. Um, so yeah, you can head there. You can find out about, about the tiers and remember that everything that comes in money-wise is spent on the podcast, like buying things like beanies for uh, for you guys. So uh, come and join us. Loads of extra goodies. We have loads of extra podcasts. We've got another expansion chat coming up next week for our uh, N64 Patreons. In fact, we're inviting all our Patreons to this one. It's going to be a, a good real good fun that's going to be next monday all yes half past eight on monday so um we need to figure out actually how we're going to communicate the login details for this we've mm. not discussed this this is something we should discuss while we're not recording a show yeah, but probably. we'll figure out how to let you know how to jump in yeah. and come join us and play with us yeah. i don't know what we're gonna do yet because we're well we're super organized and we never figure these things out yeah. in time but we will we promise yeah, and if you want to be in uh, time to, to join the fun for that, then make sure you uh, come and join us and, and register as a as a supporter of us at our website, nsukp.co.uk, got it right, forward slash support dash us, uh, before that happens a week on Monday. So uh, the Direct obviously was a big part of this week. I have had a fairly quiet week. So this week I'll tell you about why I've been playing first, because it won't take so long. So I started off with, um, so I played a bit of Rocket League, which I do regularly. I also played a bit more of the DLC for or um, the game that I talked about last week, the co-op, um, the game that I play all the time. It's got number Overcooked, Overcooked DLC. Oh, gosh. Wow. Uh, so I got there in the end. And um, I did just turn on Destroy All Humans and got to the opening scene and then the baby started crying. So I haven't played that yet. So I'll probably play that. But the only other Tell one... Tell the baby to stop crying because you've got to complete it so you can then give it to me. Well, yeah, you might, you might have to wait a while, I'm afraid. I'll... Have you got it physical or digital? I've got it physical. I've got it physical. Yes! I, I don't mean physical. <laughs> so I hate the fact that I am basically your Switch library. Um, so the other... Actually, don't mind. If you want to borrow one, come around and grab them from me I don't actually I actually quite like you borrowing the games even though I feel a bit you know hard done by but it's fine you gave me your old PlayStation games recently so I feel like I can give you a game to borrow that's fine um, anyway 
the other game I played was the Forgotten City, the cloud-based game the, that's just been released, and it's uh, a demo of it that's available on the eShop in the eShop right now. And yeah, it's very well reviewed. The game, the game itself, I think seems seems great. It's actually weirdly, it was actually based around a Skyrim mod. That's how it all came about about five years ago, and then it became its own game within its own right. And reviews of the story are excellent. I can see why there's a lot of mystery to it. It's um, it's you essentially turn up in this kind of place with lots of Roman characters all encased in gold, and uh, you got to kind of figure out what's been going on and what's happened. The demo itself. As with all the cloud-based one, it's a time-limited one, so I think it gives you 10 minutes, which, to be honest, considering there's a bit of character creation in there, doesn't really give you very much time to do anything. So um, I did a little bit. Um, I'm not sure if performance-wise it worked as well as the other cloud-based games I've tried, but I wonder if it might have just been a bad night for me internet-wise, and uh, that might be the reason. So I might revisit it. I have to say, as a game, I thought it was really cool. I think it's $24.99 in the eShop. But the um the internet connection thing i'm on the fence with i need to try that again uh, most of the cloud-based stuff has been really solid on switch and this is the first time i've experienced some slowdown and things but still playable still you know probably better than many switch ports to be honest anton yeah you know it's um we're getting an experience we couldn't get on the switch what are you a fan of the the nature of these taking the place of full-fledged ports uh, at least we get the opportunity to play it uh, in some form or another yeah i would say that my advice is if you really want to play this game play it on another system because it'll run more smoothly than the cloud-based one but if you only own a switch like i do or several in the current gen anyway um then definitely i would say check this out check out the demo first skip the character creation see what you think if it works fine then go for it um but it's a cool game al it does look kind of cool i have to say just i looked at the trailer just now actually as you were speaking and it does look very very nice i can only imagine what that would look like playing it through my switch if you can get a decent decent connection decent speeds but i mean your internet does seem to be strangely unreliable given the fact it's sort of fiber and and ultra fast it's, but to be fair it's only knows? the wi-fi that it's, it's only up here when we're recording that it generally um there's two issues Presumably, with it. is your switch on wi-fi though isn't it well it is yeah. yours isn't hardwired because you know they don't, do I don't that have yet. the oled yet no um but generally downstairs where i play the switch it's fine um so and i haven't really had any issues with online on switch at all since i've had fiber so i i, I it was slightly surprising it wasn't major mm. issues it was just slightly it was like it was like playing a switch port i'll be honest it was like playing a well, switch port. I, i'd say if you're one of our patrons drop us a message in the discord go play it tell us how it works yeah. if you're not a patron go play it and then either tweet us or email us we get we're on what at uh, nsuk podcast or um podcast at nsukp.co.uk because well generally we we would like to know how this works for other people so yeah. yeah go play it and let us know one other thing we should mention before we move on to the news this week and we have a lot to get through so we are going to fly through and we have uh, the direct to talk about and some rumours and the quiz is that there are a few new reviews up Anton oh wow I've, I've been living under a little wee rock this week um, do tell the reviews <laughs> well I mean I, I, you should know about most of them oh the because, reviews because you edited them on iTunes I was like I haven't seen uh, any new iTunes reviews <laughs> I can no, check the, it. Ones that, the ones that you have been carefully crafting Anton ah, yes we've had a, a good couple this week uh, we had a, a, a 
Good spectrum. Uh, we had finally your review, Mike, which we've been uh, hyping up for a good bit. The yeah. Splunker HD Deluxe review. Um, I think you were very fair on it, uh, even though I know it's a, a very tough and brutal game. And uh, similarly, uh, had your very in-depth review out of uh, Space Base Startopia, which... Um, Wow, there's a lot to that title. <laughs> I talked far more than that than I expected to. I thought I was going to record a five-minute review. It ended up being 15 minutes. I wow. cut down to 13 minutes. Went. I can't get anything else out of this. I have to say all this stuff. I can't do it any quicker. <laughs> it's funny because even the Spelunker HD review that I did, I thought it was going to be two or three minutes, and it ended up being about seven. Anton kindly cut it down to about six, I think, um, which was probably useful because I couldn't get it any shorter. I was trying to keep it a real kind of mini-review, but there was a lot to talk about, and um, they're well worth a look, but we had another one as well, didn't we, Anton? Indeed. Speaking of mini-reviews, um, my business partner's going to be helping us out on YouTube. Um, they put together a great little review of Graveyard Keeper. It's uh, on the short end, so do check it out. And um, yeah, we've got tons of stuff coming out and Got a whole bunch in the the pipeline. Got some user both playing stuff. Uh, I've got a title going Emily's way so- shortly enough. Uh, Louise will be doing more stuff. Uh, basically, check out the YouTube if you haven't already. Yeah, there's going to be loads there. And we're going to try and do even more if we can. Now, we have a lot to get through. So we are going to fly through the news this week. Fly through the direct so that I can beat Anton on the quiz. It is time for the news. Tell us. Heartbeat Interactive have announced Doom and Destiny Worlds for the Nintendo Switch. It's an open-world, turn-based RPG. It comes out on the 1st of October, uh, which is, well, it's this week. And interesting kind of premise with this one. There's some kind of fun jokes, sort of, you know, slightly um, light-humoured. And You're talking about the farting giants, aren't you? I am, yes. I was going to let you uh, take it from there, Al, because I know that you have an affinity with farting giants. Not that I'm saying that you're a farting giant, but um, it's also... I'm amused by farting anything, to be fair. (laughs) That's very true. Um, And yes, it it, it looks quite nice, sort of pixel-based kind of thing. And my only concern is... um, if we have too many of these, it's kind of got a bit of crafting, a bit of kind of RPG in there, but it looks pretty solid, I think, Al. Yeah, it's it's a service sequel, I suppose, or the next one in the series. Don't know you want to put it to, um, oh, was it called Doom and Destiny? And then there was Doom and Destiny Advanced, I think. So, yeah, this is Doom and Destiny Worlds. Okay. Sure, they keep coming out. Um, they, they've been fine, solid titles in the past. This one looks like it's also fine and solid. But as you say, it's a very tried and tested um, format here we've had a lot of these in the past it doesn't look like it does anything outstanding to me I may be missing something but it doesn't look like it's going to be doing anything that any of the rest of them aren't doing so it's if you like this kind of game and you've got some money burning your hole in your pocket you might want to check it out but eh, Anton do you feel differently? Um, yeah I think this one will be um, boring to many uh, incredibly addicting and life threatening to others um, I'm curious to see how they handle the Switch port because I've checked out some of the PC gameplay and the, it looks like a tough one to map to a controller. There's a lot of little wee boxes and windows and uh, things that pop up in terms of the crafting and inventory management. So I'm hoping the Switch port handles that in a respectful manner. Um, but, you know, I, I could be tempted towards this one. I like the idea, but that might be my inner Minecraft uh child speaking out loud no it's definitely got something i'm just not sure if it's enough to beat the competition but the proof will be in the reviews and the playing of it i would imagine disney interactive have formally announced disney classics 
games collection for the Nintendo Switch, this collection. And of course, we have the double pack already, but this one includes Aladdin, Lion King and the Jungle Book. I uh, quite like the look of this pack as a collector, from a collector's point of view. The fact they've got a few, I think they've got the SNES version, one of the SNES versions they didn't have before in there as well. Um, of Lion King, I think it is. Um, uh, Aladdin. Aladdin, okay. So, but yeah, they were all games which I played um, when they came out on the Mega Drive and that kind of era. Really loved them. And if I could get this at a budget sub £20 physical, I might add it to the collection. It's not one I'm going to rush out and buy, though, Anton. Yeah, I think this one gets it. Um, it's slowly adding a more value to it, to be honest. Sounds dumb. I would love it if they added a fourth game down the line. But, uh, you know, I think for £15 or something like that, £5 a game, they've got all the versions. It has the rewind feature. It's a decent enough package. It seems like a very nice stock and stuffer. Possibly a disappointing one. I could totally see some parents picking this up for their children and be like, oh, it's all these Disney classics. And then they play it and it looks like a 40-year-old game. And they're like, ooh, stinky. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> Personally, me, I like it. It's all fun, fun and games, and I would happily take this in my Christmas stocking. I'm just, I'm intrigued to know how they handle this because there's a lot of people spent a lot of money buying the first one, and I, if I was one of those people who bought the first double pack and this came out and it was the same price, I would feel quite aggrieved. So there is this little nagging bit in my brain going, will they release this additional bit as sort of free DLC for people who already have the game? They've not mentioned this. This is me purely speculating, but. I, I know there might be a lot of very angry, early, slightly miffed people out there. I guess the, we've seen this a couple of times now. The Tetris collection was another similar situation with this. I think where I'm not so worried about this one is that the other pack did sell quite quickly. That It was dropped in price, Anton, and I think the real hardcore collectors would have wanted to get it straight away anyway, whereas everyone else who picked it up probably waited for a sale, I would think. So I don't think it's as big a deal, but it is a strange one. I feel like if they were going to do this, wouldn't it have been better to maybe have like six games, maybe, rather than three, Anton? Yeah, I remember it was uh, the first time I saw this game at retail. It was sitting on the shelf as in like a sort of retro kind of section, and it was like next to a couple of in collections and for the same price you could go ahead and get this title with two games of the 16-bit era and it was right next to the Sega Mega Drive collection with 60 titles. I'm like, yeah. okay, uh, Disney playing the, the long game. Are they making this money out here? <laughs> they, they're not yeah. just it's, throwing away games D- for free. Disney and Nintendo are of the same ilk when it comes to the, uh, the, mm. the milking of money. And the thing is, I love them both and I know it's really stupid because they make so much money from yeah. us. But The world you know. ends when we get that Mickey Mouse Mario crossover. Hey, We're done. Could happen. Pyramid Games have announced Rover Mechanic Simulator for the Nintendo Switch. Fix rovers in space. Coming in the coming months. I, I, this is ridiculous um, because it's... It, it, it's a proper simulation of fixing rover, proper actual rovers. I kind of love the idea of this, though. There's something I like about the Mars rover engineering simulator. I just think it's kind of cool. I mean, I'm never going to play it, but Anton, I feel you might. Yeah, I was disappointed that it's not about fixing 1970s cars, but uh, I'm on board with this, you know. <laughs> rover <I think> Metro. <laughs> exactly. That's a, a whole new game on itself, and they missed out on that. Um Slightly disappointed there, but nevertheless, I thought the fact, unlike a lot of the mechanics simulator titles that we have had, there's only so many ways that an engine or a car is built. The um, rovers, they can let, they can be a little bit more inventive there and hopefully get some wider variety in 
who knows, maybe this can be a fun educational tool for children. I doubt it would, but um, that's a, a nice aspiration for the game developers. Yeah, this one confuses me. It's already out on PC and it's out on Xbox. I don't really get why you'd play this on Xbox or really on the Switch. I, don't get me wrong, as a piece of software, I think this is brilliant. As an educational tool to train engineers on, you know, young engineers, kids on how things are put together and how things work, I think this is fantastic. It's a brilliant bit of very, very accurate software. They've taken a few teeny tiny licenses here and there, but otherwise, this is pretty much built from NASA blueprints of the, you know, the helicopter and the rover and all these things. So they are highly, highly detailed, excellent teaching tools. But it just seems odd putting it on the Xbox and even more odd on the Switch because I can't see how it's ever going to be used, when it's going to be used, who's going to play it. Mm. Then again, maybe there's some budding, aspiring engineers out there who want to take it on the go. Yeah, I, I, sure. to be honest, well, to be honest, I don't think it. I think it's probably just reach. I think it's also, if you think about it, it might not be something that someone who might be interested but has a switch might have a pc too and might have never seen it on the pc but the fact it's out on switch suddenly it appears there and there might be some knock-on effect of then going and purchasing the the more user-friendly version on the pc because let's face it it does seem like a game that's more suited for pc but no i think it's kind of cool i i think it's a great concept and um as far as these simulators go yeah bus simulator i still kind of want to do because i just think that's ridiculous and i know that anton has a secret love for bus simulator but this one it's got something uh, next up this is even more exciting anton's got a brand new game coming out summit sphere have teamed up with our very own anton that may or may not be true and have announced anton ball deluxe for the nintendo switch it's a high octane smorgasbord of ball busting arcade action that does actually sound like something that you would release if you released a game it's coming out in two days time anton congratulations Oh, thank you very much. Um, as you can tell, this is the the highlight of the week. Um, there's nothing else that's been quite on this level. Um, if you take cult classic Mario, take the cult classic uh, Labrico by Atari, you've got uh, Anton Ball here, Deluxe. Uh, I think my favourite addition to this title is the Wario to the Anton in this title is called Danton, which I think uh, is incredibly evil, um, sickening to my soul, but true game of the year right here and uh, I have nothing further to add uh, except buy it uh, I make zero royalties uh, somebody <laughs> else does I mean I do feel legally we should point out Anton has had nothing to do with this however we also think you should go out and buy it purely because it has his name on it yeah. and we think that is very cool and to be fair it does look like a dumb stupid fun game it came out of one of these um, uh, what do you call them like a hackathon codathon thing where you know people just create random games as quickly as they can and as many as possible and see what sticks um, and this is one of these ones that's come out of uh, come out of there and it does look stupid and fun and there's a multiplayer bit in there which could actually be quite good fun yeah. basic premise is you, you run around like a platformer game and you punch a ball and make it bounce around like breakout to destroy blocks it's literally just mashing two games together yeah. but it looks like it could be fun i've always been a fan of brick breaking games anyway they were one of my favorite early games uh sort of genres and styles and um and platformers so yeah it's cool i actually think this looks all right i mean as long as it's not more than you know a few quid when i buy it then i might be in but uh I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to pay premium prices for it, but sure, I think it looks fun. Uh, Pokemon Unite has a mobile port coming, plus a new, uh, or it's got a new mobile port, I should say, plus a new balancing patch. Anton, indeed. So uh, I think this one was a very polarizing one in our little circle, but um, some people seem to really love it. Some people really hate it. Um, nevertheless, I think this title will do very, very well on mobile and make a lot, a lot of money. And I feel like eventually we'll have a PC port down the line. 
And uh, yeah, it's nice that they're balancing, taking in feedback and hopefully refining it into a game that is um, slightly more enjoyed by all. Yeah, it's inevitable, isn't it? This is this is an IP that they're planning on running for with a, for a very 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 long time. You can you can see they've got a long term plan for this. They will keep refining it. There's going to be constant increments, and I do suspect it's going to be on every single platform you can possibly think of if they can manage to do it. Mobile, PC. If they can manage to squeeze it onto an Xbox or a PlayStation, I'm sure they will. But that would be interesting getting Pokemon on those platforms. Mm, yeah, Dragon Quest Twelve is being co-developed by Square Enix, Hexadrive, and Orca. I've got quite high hopes for Dragon Quest Twelve, Anton, because Eleven was very well received. It's a great game. We got an amazing mammoth 10-hour demo with it as well. And more of the same, but we, we think they might be changing the kind of route of where they're going with it a bit darker as well with this one, they think. Indeed, this seems to be a, a much more substantial and meaty Dragon Quest game. Um, for a good while, the Dragon Quest franchise, at least in my eyes, like 7 through 9 were great games, but it was, oh, you want a throwback RPG? Here you go on the Nintendo DS. Um, but ever since Dragon Quest um, Eleven, it really seems like, okay, there's a lot of appeal to this franchise, and it looks like with this one, they're giving it the proper Final Fantasy treatment. It's getting out of its, you know, B-tier status and getting right up where the, the big dogs, and it really seems like Square Enix is putting their all behind this title. I'm kind of excited to see what a big expansive super ambitious dragon quest looks like yeah i mean they've worked with hexadrive and uh, orca before they're both uh, sort of japanese coding houses for want of a better word and they have done some pretty good stuff in the past i mean um uh, hexadrive they worked on final fantasy 15 and they worked on legend of zelda wind waker on the wii u and then orca they worked on dragon quest 11 S, I think, and a bunch of other games. So I think they're basically just pulling in the horsepower. They've also got grand ambitions for this game, and they're going, we can't develop what we want to develop just in-house. We'll work with these partners we know and trust, we'll pull them all in, we've got a massive great big pool, and we will develop something cool. Which, you know, that's only positive. There's only one way to interpret that. This game will be epic. Yeah. I think it will be. I've got uh, I've got high hopes for that one. It's certainly going to be interesting. It might be divisive change in the style though, but we'll, we'll see how the reaction is with Square Enix and Hex Drive and Orca together, although I do feel they've got a pretty strong platform for it. Right, I'm going to talk about this one. Um, we'll just talk about it quickly. The Year of Persona 25th anniversary celebrations have begun with an announcements to come soon. Now, if we don't see Persona 4 Golden and Persona 5 ported to the Switch, then all hell will break loose, <laughs> basically. Yep. I am totally with you. Um don't care how many spin-offs we get, I'll take them all, but one of the main series games just on the Switch, if it's Persona 3 Portable, I'll take it. Persona 4 Golden, I'll mm-hmm. take it. Persona 5 Royale, I'll take it. Even the first two games. Just one of the main franchise. Um, if they do like Persona Q3, my brain will explode. If it's a dancing game, and then I'm super exploding. I can't believe it. It's been literally episode one of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. We're like, Persona 5, the rumours are really turning up. It's happening. It hasn't happened. It's madness. And if it doesn't happen now, then, well, insert your own gif here of somebody putting on armour, Batman or Iron Man or someone putting on armour. That's going to be Mike, basically. He's going to be suiting up along with, I think, half of our Patreons in the Discord uh, and we'll be storming the gates of, um, what are they called again? Uh, who makes Atlas. Persona 5? Thank you, Atlas. Yeah, storming the gates of Atlas's office. Yeah, I'm going to be at the front of that uh, 
sort of revolution. Uh, Mario Kart Tour celebrates its second year anniversary with a special event. Al, have, have you played it? Of course I've played it. I literally play that game every day and have done for the last two years. Since the day it launched, it's, I have been playing that game daily. Is the new special daily. event good? I mean, it's, they do special events all the time. This one's not really that different, to be honest. They're basically doing a sort of best of the last two years, bringing in all the circuits that they've brought. So you've got circuits from around the world. There's Sydney and there's Berlin and there's London and just all these different places around the world. Cool. They've got all the characters they put in and then there's they're chucking gems and tokens and things at you to, to up, it will increase your characters and up their skills. And it just, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice little event, but it's nothing to write home about. Anto, anything to add to that? Yeah, yeah. I think my main thing is, is it seems like madness. It's two years old because, um, yeah, we. I believe we discussed this on the podcast when it yeah, was we coming did. out. We did. It's just we weren't sure madness. about it, but then Al has been the sort of the cheerleader for it. I guess. I mean, I have played it, and I actually do think it's it's good. But um, yeah, Al absolutely loves it. Uh, Koi have teased six new announcements for the Atelier series. We get a lot of these games on the Switch, and they're pretty well reviewed. But they're obviously specifically i think there's an audience for them and i think it's hard for them to break out to new audiences so this will be interesting anton to see how people react to this that maybe aren't fans of the series already yeah it's always been a franchise that seemed to be on the the crusp of the mainstream it hasn't had its persona 5 moment yet um but to be honest with how much they do with it and how persistent they are um, I could totally see it. It's just like, oh my god, you need to play Al- uh, Alitaria, a, a Batman, uh, the new version coming out very shortly. Like, I'm waiting for that game where it's like, you need to play this one because uh, it's a lot of intertwining little series that cross over and interlink and have shared elements. Uh, it's a, a bit confusing for myself, but I've heard only great things about some of them. Yeah, it's a weird franchise. Every time we talk about them, because we have talked about them in the past a couple of times, I have to go and Google what is Atelier. It just, it never registers to me. I've never played one. You never see them in the stores. Nobody in any of our circles I come across ever talks about them. They're just, it's like completely unknown brand, but at the same time, it's huge and popular, but just not here for whatever reason. Yeah. It's, yeah, absolutely. I, I think they look like really solid titles. I just, as you say, they just pass me by slightly. Uh, Hikakin TV. <laughs> Hikakin, Hikakin, Hikakin TV has shared the world's first Nintendo Switch OLED model unboxing. I did watch this because, as you know, I have pre-ordered. Of course you did. The OLED. Um, and yeah, it looks, it looks like a Switch, but... Slightly shinier. Mike, you've, you've gone down in my estimation. I thought it was only the, the young generation of, of people out there who watch videos of people opening boxes. Why on earth are you wasting time watching someone open a freaking box? Oh, it's so good though, Al. Unboxing, there's <sighs> something really satisfying about watching an unboxing. If you don't understand that, then you're old. Oh, wait a minute. That's right, you are. Um, Anton, well, let's let let's the young people talk about this here. Um, uh, yes. Have you seen this video? Uh, yes, uh, I, I did watch it. It's by uh, a Japanese uh, YouTuber. Yes. Um, so um, sadly didn't have the subtitles for it but um, it is quite fun you know to, to vicariously live through them to experience unboxing a Switch OLED as if it was my own um, yeah I'm very impressed it was nice to get to see the kickstand um, and use um, get a little you know close up shots of the hardware and as well as that although the video wasn't of the highest production value just even having the multiple switches lined up on the table and just seeing how much brighter the OLED is because um, you know that's something that we haven't seen yet it was quite fun to see and I just want to lay my eyes on it myself 
Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to do my own unboxing. I might film an unboxing, uh, to be honest. But um, It will probably be the biggest the video Al. we've ever made. <laughs> it probably will. Number one watcher, Al, on repeat. Uh, Nintendo have announced Animal Crossing Series 5 Amiibo uh, cards are coming soon. Just a quick word on this. Uh, again, not a huge surprise. It's more Animal Crossing stuff, Anton. Indeed, uh, this is something people have pr- been praying and dreaming of so they can add all their favourite um, of the kind of New Horizons characters to their islands easily. They don't need to go on Nukazon and hunt them down. They can just have Raymond on tap. Uh, people are going to be very excited about this and they're going to sell out like hotcakes. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that owl has to be an action-adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes, it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative a construction off the <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely entirely check out the gaming blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now and i have literally nothing to add to the story at all i have zero interest in amiibo cards <laughs> okay uh, in japan zelda breath of the wild and splatoon 2 are getting new physical releases which will include the dlc i think this is quite a good idea from nintendo just from the perspective of for those that haven't maybe had the physical editions of either you can buy the physical edition but you get everything with it we've seen these kind of packs before it makes a lot of sense anton yeah, and um, kind of from memory, I think the the titles that we've seen them do this with in the Zest, uh, the West have been the Pokemon titles, and they retail for you know the price of a normal title, and you know your forty four pounds, and I think doing that for titles like Breath of the Wild and Splatoon two, where they're slightly older, will take out the sting of having to pay forty four pounds for it. I'm needing to get a new copy of Splatoon two, but the fact I can get it with the DLC, which I've not played for forty four pounds takes the sting out of the fact that I'm paying for a game that I've owned in the past and paid £44 for in the past and I'm paying £44 again for in the current day. <laughs> I do think it's a good idea. Bundling the DLC with them in a physical release makes a whole lot of sense to me. And they, as you say, they are older games and we had a huge influx of people buying the Switch in 2020. So many of them maybe didn't bother playing these games so this gives them an opportunity to get the whole bundle in one go and makes, yeah, make, to me makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I have nothing but good stuff to say about it. Yeah, I think it's cool. I think it's very cool. Now, also very cool was the Nintendo Direct. And we are going to try and fly through this because it was a big one. And I know a lot of people have a lot of things to say about it. We're going to go through each one. And once we do that, uh, we'll get a score like we always do from you guys. So it is now time to look at the Nintendo Direct for September 2021. Ah, yes. So Capcom have announced Sunbreak, a massive DLC for Monster Hunter Rise coming at summer 2022. I actually thought of all the Monster Hunter Rise stuff, this one looked the coolest for me, Al, because it just looks so epically big. It did, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've not played any of the Monster Hunter Rise's games because they would break me. They would make me cry and turn into a poor child wobbling in the corner being very sorry and upset and probably quite angry. But they do look like good games and the content this does, as you say, it looks epic. 
the monsters they're introducing are just as you'd expect from Monster Hunter. They're huge and beautiful and pretty and just there's so many new things to bring into the, the, this franchise and the story and it's just nice seeing more, you know, content coming out for such a big game. What do you think of it, Anton? Um, yeah, you know, similarly, not the craziest Monster Hunter Rise fan, but, uh, you know, it looks a little bit darker, a little bit edgier and, um, you know, a little bit more mysterious, which creates intrigue and, you know, makes me interested to play it and, um, you know, they really seem to put emphasis on the, the massive aspect of it. So hopefully for people that have already bought it, you know, they're getting a nice substantial whole new game like experience with this DLC. Yeah. Nintendo then showcased Mario Party Superstar. Superstar is coming out October the 29th. We got to see more of the boards and we got to see more of some of the kind of modes and things. And I have to say, Al, I mean, it was already a definite purchase for me, but even more so now. Oh yeah, I'm so smitten with this. I mean, I've, I was actually playing the last one just last week with some friends and this just looks like it elevates it. I don't quite know why because I think a lot of what they showed you was sort of, you know, the transitions and the little bits and pieces. The gameplay mechanics are probably exactly the same as they were yeah. previously, but I don't care. These games are really good fun. They're just chock full of mini games. They're just chock full of fun and I'm probably going to be going out and giving Nintendo more of my money. I will probably buy this. Yeah. Yeah, I really did love the emphasis on the boards because I feel like that's something Nintendo's forgotten for the last couple entries, especially Super Mario Party. Brilliant game, brilliant mini games with like four boards. <laughs> so the fact that they're you know making sure there's plenty of content, plenty of replayability in this title, um, I love to see it. I think they're doing a nice job here and it'll be fun to get uh, an extra little bit of Mario Party and get some of the classics because... I, you know, like many, I've never actually played many of the classic N64 ones. I've been too scared to break my N64 joysticks because they're, they're not holding up these days. So, yeah. uh, this is a nice way to play it with um, totally not another breakable joystick. Yeah, I thought it was, um, as you said, the board's emphasis was a real important sort of message that they got across. So, really, really pleased that they did that. And it's got me excited for it. Next up, Square Enix showcased Voice of Cards, the Isle Dragon Doors showcase. Uh, that's coming out um, October the 28th. Um, that one, interestingly, I I mean, I have zero interest in playing this game, but I thought for, I thought that this actually, sorry, Roars, not Doors, it should be. I was thinking, looking at that going, Doors? I'm sure it's not that, but I couldn't remember what it was. It's Roars. Um, yeah, this one looked, again that that just shows everything there is to say from my perspective not my kind of game i didn't even get the title right but i thought it looked pretty good and the fact square enix are behind it it's going to be solid and for those that like this kind of game i think it's going to be a good one anton um yeah i'm i you said it as well as i could i'm not interested in this in the slightest and but the square enix they don't put on many duds even if they don't even if it's not like a standout hit um yeah, it just looked a bit ugly to me, sadly. <laughs> Why are you guys being so nice about this? What on earth was it doing in a direct? This was not direct worthy. This game should have been quietly released when nobody was looking or put into a partner showcase. This was not Nintendo direct worthy and I don't care what anybody says. Oh, it I shouldn't have been there. I, I, I tend to disagree with that one, Al. I've got to ah, say. I'm with you, Al. i, I got to you disagree know, like, with you. I don't think it's rubbish, but I don't think it's good. Oh, I, don't know. I mean, there's a. M- it's not their A game. It should not have been a Nintendo Direct. I I think to be honest though, there's a huge cast behind this this game. I mean, it's like it's proper. Like there's people from I still don't care. The Near series, Dragon Guard. I mean, there's a proper like this is they've got proper like 
English voices from well-known actors, and I, I don't think it looks bad at all. I think actually, I think this is going to be massively popular, and I think they know exactly what they're doing by putting it in, putting it in the direct. Um, but we'll we'll see. I mean, none of us are playing it, so who cares? Next up, ZA slash UM have showcased Disco Elysium, the final cut for the Nintendo Switch, coming October the twelfth, physical early twenty twenty two. I will be getting this one. This is a hugely well rated game, uh, brilliantly reviewed. It's a lot of people say it's a bit of a classic in the making, and delighted we're getting this on Switch, Anton. Yeah, this is a game. Admittedly, trailer wasn't great. No, I agree I with that. It's a good game. I, here. I agree with um, that. I didn't think they presented it very well. Yeah, they did not sell the expansive and the degree of choice you had in it. As uh, a dyslexic, I had kind of shied away from the original title because I'm like, that's a lot of reading that I'm not wanting to do at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but now with voice acting, and it looks to be well done voice acting. Uh, and more choices, more options, uh, a more expansive story. I'm very excited to give this one a go because I've had a, a good couple of people being like, have you played it yet? You should play Disco Elysium. And now I will. Yeah, last time we saw this, I think we were all quite excited by it because it was mentioned possibly in the last Direct, actually. I know we've seen this before anyway, um, and I'm still hyped about it. It just it looks so good. As you say, Mike, it's been so well-reviewed elsewhere, and the fact we're now getting it on the Switch is great. Uh, the fact that they're... Um, upgrading it as you say putting in all these voice acting and a whole lot of um, extra content is again quite exciting and it it's can only come out you know quickly yeah. come out quickly we want it Re- it does look very good really good um game and i'm glad it's coming on the switch i think it's a good platform for it next up nintendo showcased hyrule warriors age of calamity expansion pass wave two guardian of remembrance is coming out on october 29th so you've got a bit more hyrule warriors al we do, but I sold the game, There's so I don't get to play it anymore. But that's fine. You know what? I played enough of it. Uh, the stories do look like it could be quite cool. I like the whole, you know, fleshing out the backstories of everything more. There's all the old characters get a bit more content in there. There's a couple of new characters in there that you weren't playable before, but now are. I've forgotten the characters' names, but, you know, the ones from the laboratory to study all the ancient tech. They're both now playable, which is cool. Um, yeah, all good. Yeah, I'm very excited, to be honest. It makes me sad that I haven't got um, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity at the moment because I do want to catch up on all of my lore before Breath of the Wild 2 comes out. And uh, I'm just kind of, I'm happy that this DLC looks quite epic because sometimes you have the big epic game and then you have these little wee small side stories for the DLC. Spider-Man PS4 was a game that did that where the DLC was like, oh, this is just boring side stuff but no this looks like some nice meaty content on this DLC Square Enix Gura and Robbie that was their names oh well done uh, Square Enix showcased uh, Mario Kart for the Nintendo Switch sorry it was uh, Chocobo <laughs> GP it's coming out 2022 uh, yeah Final Fantasy Mario Kart who would have thought that would have ever happened but it's happening and uh, it is very 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 old Mario Kart uh, Antonio uh, yeah, you know, um, quite often we get these clones and, you know, it's like, okay, it's a cheap clone. Um, not everybody wants to pay £44 for their Mario Party, uh, Mario Kart clone, uh, Mario Kart. But this will be on the pricier end because it's by a big publisher and has a big IP attached to it. Um, but God, there's a lot of levels in this game. Like I, I could get if it was like set in the Final Fantasy world, which technically it is, but these look like Mario levels. Um <laughs> I had to really try and find something unique. I, like the first time I was like, there's nothing unique. So I went back and was purposely like, okay, what's unique? And I found it. And it's that your power-ups, if you get the same one twice, 
is double as powerful. So they stack the power-ups. So that's the one thing they put all their research and development. That's the power of Square Enix. You don't get that with uh, Ryan's Toy Room or Nickelodeon Racing. That's that's Square Enix right there, baby. <laughs> I have to say, I'm with you, Anton. I went back, I've now watched that bit twice, and went, the only thing I can see different is that stacking power-ups you want twice, <gasps> three times, wow! But even, I mean, the worlds, they, they look like they've been lifted directly out of Mario Kart, plonked in there. Yeah. But the actual animations of the cars driving look, Really bad. I mean, the, the, the way they turn, there's something very pleasing about the way a Mario Kart cart turns on, into a corner, whereas these ones sort of just look like they could pivot on the spot. Yeah, it does not the look worst, good. The worst part of the trailer is that they were hyping up the drifting like they invented that. I know. One, <laughs> Mario Kart's done that the entire time. And then two, you've had games like Sonic Racing that have, like, you know, honed in and perfected it. They didn't, it's not like Square Enix have done it better. They've just done it the same it isn't like they've like, like really expanded it and they're like the drifting's a really cool part and you use the other stick and it's a really dynamic and nah, it's just i can't believe they're acting like it was cool or something they invented i really hope this is like a proper 10 out of 10 review game and you can go back <laughs> and listen to this clip and nintendo showcased kirby and the forgotten land for the nintendo switch coming out in spring 2022 i'm kind of hyped for this one i think this one as far as kirby games go um this one has got my attention to the point that I'm definitely going to have a look when it's um, when it's released. It's it's just yeah, it it looks kind of cool and I don't know, like a little bit post-apocalyptic in there and and yeah, just a bit more um open-worldy and I I don't know. I, I, there's something about this Al. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how how I stand in relation to everybody else, but for me, this game was a highlighted direct. I love the look of this game. I'm so excited by it I mean I love Kirby I've always had a sort of a soft spot for Kirby and I only ever replayed the the old Kirby games on the Game Boy and the NES I've not replayed any since I tried the Kirby beat em up thing they released on the Switch which was a bit rubbish and the old dabble in a few of them and they've been junk this is the first Kirby game I've seen in a very long time that I've been genuinely excited about and as you say it's open world it looks like it's been really well executed animated the scenery is stunning the animations on kirby as he runs around and jumps look really beautiful even down to a little squishy noise as he makes as he runs the whole thing looks really cool and you can uh, do all the usual kirby stuff you know sucking your enemies absorbing their powers and it looks like it works really well in 3d so this genuinely for me was a highlight of the direct i'm massively excited by it um you know i'm pretty close with you there al uh next is summit spheres anton ball deluxe this is the highlight of the week right here um, I was just really smitten by it. Um, I think they've managed to do this post-apocalyptic in a way that works in the Kirby art style. Like, it doesn't feel like it's Kirby in a full realistic world, but at the same time, it doesn't look like the the world has been scaled down. I think there's opportunity for quite decent storytelling about what is this forgotten world? How does it tie into Kirby? And yeah, I think Kirby in 3D has been done really well here. I'm very chuffed to see how this goes and um how they kind of pull you through it uh, it's just really exciting to see because to be honest they did quite a a meh grade 2d kirby at the start of the console's lifespan so they could have just done a good kirby game that's 2d on the switch and that would have been noteworthy because the last one was really underbaked but no they've pushed the franchise into new uncharted territory which is incredible to see and i'm just very happy that this is the move they've taken yeah, uh, to be honest, it's um, 
It took me by surprise. It's definitely one of my highlights. I'm not sure if it is the the main highlight, but it's certainly up there. It could be. I'm not. I'm not saying it's not, but I'm definitely excited to see more, and uh, we will be finding it more. I'm pretty much sure before spring 2022 when it's released. Next up, Nintendo announced an Animal Crossing New Horizons direct. Uh, which is really weird. It's like, here's an announcement about an announcement. Uh, but it's coming in October and there's going to be some free content coming in November, which we did hear about, which is always great. So it's kind of nice they're keeping it separate. I'm not sure if they they needed to do this in the direct or just kind of put like a little message out to people and say, hey, Animal Crossing Direct for those that want to see it. But fair play. It wasn't, it only took up, a, you know, 20 seconds or whatever. So it was fine. But um, it's great for Animal Crossing people, Anton, isn't it? Indeed. Um, what they did show confirms Brewster is back in Animal Crossing, which uh, has been many people's dream update. And I think this is, you know, the start of the new wave. We had a little bit of a drought there for Animal Crossing updates. Uh, and it looks like they're kind of getting back to it and with meaningful updates that aren't just, you know, trivial reduxes of what they did on the year one. Uh, so very exciting and yeah I think this will be the update that brings me back in because it you know has been a while they haven't really been keeping on top of it as they promised and uh, hopefully this is uh, only the start of things to come yeah the whole announcing a direct in a direct is amusing but they did that twice I mean not only did they do it with Animal Crossing but they also did the oh yes we're going to have a directive where we announce the next fighter for uh, Smash that was twice they went yeah yeah we've got stuff coming but we'll tell you about it on this date why are you doing that? Just tell us now. Yeah. Or just don't mention it. Yeah. Why are you telling us you're going to tell us? Stop it. <laughs> I know. Uh, here's one for you, Al. Mario, uh, Mario Golf Super Rush is getting a free update, adding Koopa Trippa, Ninji, and two new courses, which is welcome. It is. I've spent most of this week playing Super Mario, uh, Mario Golf Super Rush. It's a, such a good game. And I have played both the two new characters and both of the two new courses. And I have to say, the new courses are brilliant. Cool. They, they unlike the, like a normal golf course where most of the time you've got a fairly sensible route to play these two new ones are just all over the place you can pretty much go any direction you want to get to the hole because there's not like a straight line to go you've got to go left you've got to go right and you've got branching options and they're they're really really cleverly done considering the fact they've given them away as just free dlc which in itself is surprising and nice from nintendo um yeah i could not be happier with these such a good game if you've not got mario golf ready go buy it yeah i'm jealous i don't have it anton yeah, you know, uh, I think all uh, we like to call out Nintendo for their anti-consumer practices here and there. DLC is the one point where Nintendo is five-star A-grade. Apart from Mario Kart. Either... <laughs> yeah, I think they did good for the the time when that yeah, was relevant. Fair, 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 fair. Um, but I'm yeah, you know, we, we get tons of free updates. And uh, when we do get an expansion pack, it is me. Uh, and I think a fairly fair price for what they're offering. It's no £15 to unlock a skin like in Fortnite. So yeah. <laughs> that helps out nicely. Bandai Namco Entertainment Inc. showcased Disney Magical World 2 Enchanted Edition. It's coming out this holiday. Um, I <laughs> kind of, Part of me wants this just because I love Disney and theme parks. But it is, you know, it was a 3DS game, I think, originally. It's going to make some children happy, I guess, Al. I, I presume so. I mean, to be fair, I never had a DS, so I didn't pay any attention to them. I actually have no idea, looking at the trailer, what the game is. I have no clue what it is, other than the fact you get to act out your Disney fantasies. Which is kind what of what I, I liked gather. about it, <laughs> Anton. 
Yeah, I remember them showing this game a lot in Nintendo Directs when it was coming to 3DS, and I can't believe they've done it to me again. I've been rickrolled in this Direct, and all I've got to say is Partner Showcase. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> Aspire showcased uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic for the Nintendo Switch coming out November the 11th. Really happy about this one. I'm delighted we're finally getting it. I said when all the other Star Wars games came out that this is the one that I wanted. So that's great. The only downside is, of course, there is a remake um, happening on other consoles. So I suspect with this news, it means we are not getting the remake uh, on the Switch or anytime soon. But maybe we will. I mean, it's only £11 on the eShop from what I've seen. Uh, I'm going to definitely pick it up because um, it's a great game and I'm going to get to play it properly with controls because I've only ever played it on an iPad and it's a little bit awkward. Um, so yeah, I'm going to play it, going to get it. I'm worried that it means we're not getting the remake, but maybe it's irrelevant, Al. Yeah, I mean, it's going to make a lot of people happy, the fact it is coming to the Switch. And I I want to err on the optimistic side and say they're dumping this in the Switch now so that people sort of remember how good the game is and get all hyped up for the remake to be announced, which would be nice, but that's probably me being overly optimistic. What do you reckon, Anton? Um, yeah, um... It's a bit hard to say. I think, to be honest, there's separate people at play here. I think um, Aspire, they've just been, they've just got a collection of IP and they're releasing them one by one. Um, so I think if there was the remake coming to the Switch, I think it's a completely different team. I think this team's just purely working on the back catalogue. Yeah. Um, so I think only time will tell for the moment. Uh, but a fair price. Yeah. Price by that. Yeah, it's a good price, definitely. That's one of the things that when I was looking on the eShop, I thought, I wonder how much they're going to sort of make us pay for this. But I think that's fair. Techland SA showcased Dying Light 2, Stay Human, cloud version for the Switch coming out 4th of February. And they also showcased the Platinum Edition, which is kind of the original of this, coming out the 19th of October this year. Um, albeit they are, uh, it is cloud versions. I thought this was... They look. I mean, they're great games. They're well reviewed. They're they're they look great. And given that the cloud version on the Switch is decent, um, I don't. I think I'm kind of on board with this one. I think this is kind of a cool release. If you can't play it on another system, if you don't have that capability, it's an option, isn't it, Anton? Indeed, yeah. You know, just Dying Light Two: Stay Human is a cloud version. The Platinum Edition of the original title is a native port. Um, which, to be honest, I would totally be down for trying out that free demo of Dying Light Two and then going back and playing the first one if it catches my interest. Because I think the main selling point here is the freedom of movement combined with zombie combat. Uh, you know, combining parkour with slaying heads, and um, I think getting a little flavor of that in a demo, even if it's not the exact game. Um, you know, it's a nice way through the door. It's a way through the door. Yeah, the cloud version looks stunning, as you would expect. But actually, the, the original one still looks stunning. I mean, I presume what they showed us in the trailer was Switch footage rather than from other consoles. They might have been, you know, pulling a fast one, it's possible. But it did look, it looked really good. I was genuinely impressed. If that's running on the Switch the way it looks like it is... Then yeah, they've done very very well I, with that port. I was, and that's kind of cool. To be honest, I was slightly left with a question as to whether that original version, not number two, was cloud based as well. Um, I don't think they really addressed it very well because no, there was th a mention. I think they did. I think they did say that it definitely because the other one was specific cloud based, and this one, the the original was 
wasn't 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 because it didn't have the mm. you know the text on the bottom saying you needed the internet connection yeah yada, yada, yada. just at the end because what they did was they said uh, the the announcer said dying light 2 and dying light original platinum edition oh cloud version and he he bundled them in together and mentioned cloud version mm. which confused the issue massively for me because i was thinking well because like you al i saw the first one and thought that looks really good yeah i think when they go between them there's like a line of um, if you enjoy the cloud version of this, take it on the go with the Dying Light Platinum Edition. Right. Was how I, the the wording I remember, but okay. uh, clearly they didn't make it yeah. clear enough if you're having this conversation. Like as well, yeah. yeah, cool. Oh, that's good news. Uh, Square Enix showcased Triangle Strategy for Nintendo Switch coming at March 4th. Uh, I thought this one looks great. I think the depth in it looks, looks really stunning. I'm just not really sure if it's my kind of game, Anton, and, and, you know, whether it's... I don't know how well this is going to do. I can't decide if this is going to be an amazing seller or no one's going to buy it. Um, yeah, that's a, a very good question. I do find it humorous that um, for the second time in a row, same with Project Octopath Traveler, they've ended up just sticking with their code name, uh, <laughs> which worked better for Octopath Traveler than Triangle Strategy, um, but nevertheless, um, excited to see it. Um, it seems like they've listened to a lot of the feedback. I think the fact that you can move the camera now, um, combined with the the lighting, um, you know, makes the kind of extra graphical fidelity that they put into this title have value now that you can see it from different perspectives. And um, yeah, hopefully this um, satisfies fans. I like the release model, even if they're not my set of games of giving you a demo really, really early, a bare bones one that you can actually have an input on. Because mm-hmm. uh, so often we have these demos and betas and it's like, oh, the game's coming out next week. Thanks for letting us know it's broken. And then it's still, it means nothing for like four months anyway. I'm like, oh, I could just play it out a week later at retail and tell you it's broken. But this is a good way to do it. So kudos on Square Enix. That's a really good point, actually. I have to say, I, I I don't know whether I'll buy this game or not, but I'm very smitten with the looks of it. The fact you can now turn the camera around has turned it from was kind of almost a 2D game into a proper 3D game, but the visuals are been very very cleverly done because it still looks like a 2D game, even though you move it around. They've they've just done something very very smart with the way they've drawn and animated these all the scenes that makes it incredibly charming. <clears throat> and the lighting effects just they they lifted they add a little something to it. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I can see a lot of people will be very attracted to this, and I suspect if you were a fan of you know the Octopath Traveler type games, you'd probably be very hyped about this. And I can see it doing very, very well. It's going to be another one of these um, cult classic type things. I, I, I just have a hunch. Yeah, um, yeah, I think it might might well do that. We also got a showcase of Metroid Dread. We've got a bit more info. It's coming out very soon, October the eighth. I think it's looking really strong. Oh, it is. Yep. I don't. I think I was probably the one that was most interested in this of our little group, purely because I've played, admittedly, a teeny tiny amount, uh, some of the old Metro games, and I'm quite pleased that they're carrying on in the old vein, because as much as we like the 3D primes and all that kind of good stuff, there's just something very pleasing about a 2D Metroid, and this one does look like it's ticking all the boxes and could be a great game. They're certainly hyping it enough. Yeah, I've I, I was the, the resident cynic on this one. Uh, I think it will be a very fun game. I just don't think it's a £50 game. Oh, I agree with that. Uh, I agree with that, personally. Because, um, you know, when we've had 2D games on the Switch, Donkey Kong Country Returns, it looks incredible. You can't find a, a hero of place in them. This one, I look at it and I'm like, mm, those textures aren't the greatest. And, you know, that's when you're paying £50 for a 2D game, they really need to deliver on that visual fidelity, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it'll sell 
incredibly well. Uh, so I don't think the price will be a problem. But I think, yeah, for, for me, I, I would agree with that with the price point. But I think it's looking good. Okay, then we had the <laughs> online <laughs> announcements. So I'm going to go through these together and we can talk about them. So we are getting Nintendo Switch Online Expansions Pack. Part of the expansion pack, the N64 games that will be coming to the Nintendo Switch Online are uh, Super Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, Star Fox 64, Yoshi Story, The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. That one did kind of blow me away slightly. Uh, Wingback, Mario Tennis, Dr. Mario 64 and Sin and Punishment also as part of the pack. We'll be getting Genesis slash Mega Drive games, which was maybe the the weirdest part of this whole night. Uh, That's going to include Castlevania Bloodlines, Contra Hardcore, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Echo the Dolphin, Golden Axe, Gunstar Heroes, and Musha. Uh, we'll also get Fantasy Star 4, Rai Star, Shining Force, Shinobi 3, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Streets of Rage 2, and Strider. Coming soon as part of the expansion pack, though, we'll also see Majora's Mask coming, F-Zero X, Mario Golf, Pokemon Snap, Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards, Paper Mario, and Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, as well as that, Nintendo showcased Bluetooth N64 and Sega Mega Drive controllers for $39.99. Give me those now, please. And the N64 controller also features a sync button, a home button, a screenshot button, and a ZR button. In Japan, players are also getting a custom Robo and custom Robo V2 for N64 and the Mega Drive 6-button control pad. Okay, a lot to uh, unpack there. First of all, I'm going to say it looks like the Game Boy rumour is still potentially happening. That seems to be still going on ongoing at the moment albeit they didn't go down that route today uh, sorry at the direct but just looking at these i was kind of blown away by the selection and the choice of games i thought there's a brilliant um selection of games particularly for the n64 i think the mega drive is great and that's fantastic but the n64 games on there there's so many there that i'm going to get to play for the first time that i'm really excited about um so really happy with that uh, the controllers look fantastic. I've got to say, they look amazing. I'm so happy we're getting those controllers. The one downside, and it's the debate that's raged in our Discord, is first of all, how much more are we going to be asked to pay for it? And B, should we be asked to pay more for it when we're already paying for an online subscription? I'll give you my opinion and then I'll pass to you guys. I think if it's a reasonable £10, £15 more per year, it's more in line with like a PlayStation Plus kind of subscription. Okay, I'm all right with that because I think Nintendo, there is a premium with Nintendo anyway. Some of those games are still brilliant. And yes, you don't have to pay for it, so that's fine. You still get the SNES and the NES games with the with the basic package. I'm okay with that. If it's going to be massively more expensive, I have a problem with that. But if we're talking £10 in between the two, I'm okay. But I can understand why some people are annoyed. I'll where do you sit on it? Well, you're right, it's been very divisive. I mean, this literally has had people arguing about it over the last few days quite vociferously. Yeah. So, I mean, it's got, it's rankled a few heckles, shall we say, and I think I'm happy enough with it because you can still just pay the same price and get your original Nintendo Switch online subscription. I don't think it's a big deal. Depending how much they charge for this, uh, yeah, it, it seems like pretty good value because a lot of these games would be... If they released, um, say, uh, which one will I pick? <sighs> Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Let's take that one. If they released that just as a game on the Switch, they would probably charge 40 quid for that. And people would happily pay it because it's Ocarina of Time. So if you bundle all of those games in together, 
and you say, we want, I don't know, 10 quid a year for it. Oh my God, that's amazing value. Yeah. If they say, I want 40 quid for it, that's still amazing value. There's so much, so much content in there that if you view it as they're charging more for my online subscription, you're viewing it wrong. They're not. You're just, they're saying, here's a bunch of games you can pay to access. That's what they're saying. Yeah. And actually, I have no problem with that whatsoever because most of these games are utterly amazing. Now, okay, we've already had Mario 64, but eh, it's fine. I don't care. Paid for it once. Pay for it again. But I do, there was one, there was one thing in there that's got me more excited than anything else. And that's the inclusion of Banjo-Kazooie. Mm-hmm. Because that's opened a huge door. That is opening the door to getting rare games on the Switch. That is epic. It's only it's one rare, not epic. so far. <laughs> exactly. No, this the, to me that was almost the most important thing in this whole announcement yeah, I, I agree was the fact that. we're getting a rare game. I agree with that. I, I think as well, if you look at the SNES Mini and the NES Mini, uh, we've been wanting an N64 Mini. The problem you've got with those systems, those ecosystems are that they're closed systems. Once you get your system and you pay your £80 for your Mini with the games... That is it. That's all you're you're getting. I mean, unless you you break it, you jailbreak it, but you can do that with anything. That's that's kind of besides the point. So for me, this is an ongoing thing that isn't going to cost as anywhere near as much as that yearly. And well, it shouldn't do. <laughs> I say that now. Here's Nintendo, um, but it, it also opens the door because we're going to be seeing more games being added and um, there is a quite a jump in quality when you get to N64 I mean the Mega Drive stuff is great but it's still 16 bit it's still SNES era it's still you know it's that kind of NES SNES era so I'm kind of putting them to one side for a minute when you jump to N64 games you've seen it with the Mario pack we got recently um, but Mario 64 and and, and the the uh, Zelda games, for example, and Banjo Kazooie, those are still hugely playable. Whereas a lot of the 16 bits, there's a nostalgia effect, but once you get past that, mm, you could have, you could be on the fence as to whether they've really got a place for modern gamers. These games definitely still do, and I think that's where the value is in this: the fact that we're getting this kind of library of N64 games. What a great way to play them! I'm really on board, but I understand why some people aren't. Anton, where do you sit with it all? Um, yeah, um, overall, just kind of staying off of uh, my personal thoughts, um, very excited about this. Growing up with a Mega Drive, the inclusion in here, we have some titles that we've just not got on the Switch and looked very unlikely. Castlevania Bloodlines is a very rare title. Contra Hard Cops, very rare. Um, from a business point of view, looking at it, I think the main crutch of this will be is one definitely the price but two if they stick to to the promise of adding titles to this i think if it is just you know paying 10 pounds a month to get access to this collection and they don't really add much then people are going to feel ripped off because you know they're paying for a service that is exclusively games right now we're you know you're paying for online and oh we give you a couple NES games as a treat now that people are playing just for access to this collection I think they're going to have to be very consistent and persistent on adding quality titles persistently. But I think the fact that, one, we have Banjo-Kazooie coming um, and we have the Mega Drive collection means that, you know, they're willing to pay a little bit more on licensing titles. Yeah. So that's got me hopeful that we'll get a more consistent stream of titles. And I think if they can maintain that, especially presuming we're getting Game Boy titles and it's kind of an ongoing expansion pass and isn't just the select titles that we've got here which let's be real looking at the snes pack the the games we got day one on the snes that that was all the good stuff yeah absolutely (laughs) um just a quick question what is the yearly price of a subscription at the moment 
1799. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's not huge. So, so I'm, I'm thinking. I mean, I know. I, I think you meant an extra ten pounds a year, Anton, not ten pounds a month. But I, I um, was thinking if this was around thirty pounds a year, twenty nine ninety nine a year, that would feel about right for me. It's the price of uh, even if it was, even if they pooched it to thirty nine, I'd still be like, that's still pretty good value. Albeit, I think you're still then getting into the realms of, well, or is it more than one pass we're getting for that? We're getting a family pass for that because family pass is about that now, isn't it? I think. Um, so if you pay twenty nine ninety nine, I'm on board. I, I don't know how much more they can push it with goodwill. If this, you know, because there's nothing else they're adding. Albeit, I think it's an amazing deal. You, thinking in the minds of the people that are against this, how much further could they push it? I'm going to predict it's twenty nine ninety nine a year, Al. I mean, that's as good a guess as any. <clears throat> to be fair, it it's unlikely to be much more than that. I think if it was any more than that, there would probably be too much of a backlash, and people just wouldn't take it. Because let's face it, you don't need this to play online games. This is literally just if you want to access these games, you need to give us some more money. Yeah. Um. And at the end of the day, commercial realities will win out. These are old games, so they're not brand new AAA games. They're not remastered. They're literally just you know ports of these games that are being played um, so they can't really ask too much I think you're probably quite accurate with your guess of 30 I, I suspect if they got by 10 it's maybe not going to be enough if they push it much past 30 I think people just won't bother taking it oh having said that I would be tempted to pay that for a year to get access to all these games if they were sort of 40 or even 50 quid as a one-off payment to access all these N64 games for a year I might do it yeah maybe yeah I'm with you What's your yeah thoughts? I think 40 would be a bit too high. I think going more than double would just be pushing it. But um, yeah, I think if they did, you know, as you say, the 30 pounds, you know, even just going for the, the 28 99 and it's like, oh, it's just a 10 or more. That's a, a nice pill. And, you know, saying, oh, you want Ocarina of Time for a tenner? Here you go. Um, it's a nice uh, marketing proposition. But to be honest, I think the fact that they didn't announce a pricing I think Nintendo knew this was going to be a polarizing option, so they're gauging the fire to see where they price it at. Well, time will tell. I think it's fantastic, though. I've got to say that was one of my most excited excited moments for me personally of the night, for sure. Um, okay, Paradox Interactive have showcased Shadowrun Trilogy for the Nintendo Switch. That is coming out in 2022. Oh, what did you think of this announcement? I mean, I didn't really think much of it, to be honest. I kind of glossed after it. I was so, you know, honestly, I was so hyped after the, the announcement of the expansion pass. I kind of zoned out during this bit and watched it and went, yeah, okay, sure, that looks fine. <laughs> I need to recover. <laughs> I mean, did, did you guys feel the same way or did you have very strong feelings about this one? Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Um, it, it didn't stand out to me uh, particularly. Um, it, they look like all right titles, but nothing to like, wow. Um, but you know, hopefully it's priced all right. Yeah, well, it's it's great. It's great to have it on the Switch. But yeah, again, like you guys, I won't be necessarily running out to buy it on day one. But it's still cool. Can I make showcase Castlevania Advance Collection out now? Now we do have some Castlevania collections. I have the other collection, but this is a sort of altogether different collection, Anton. Indeed, this one's uh, quite nice. You know, quite often for a lot of franchises, the mobile ports or mobile handheld versions of them are forgotten and neglected. But the Castlevania games on the Advance are really good. I played a bunch on my Game Boy Micro and they put together a nice collection here with um, a bunch of artwork and bonus materials and different regional versions. 
Um, yeah, I'm quite fun for this. And this is one I could totally see myself paying like £8 for in a eShop sale. <laughs> Uh, I like your style. You're approaching it that way already. Yeah, You're right. It does look like a very nice collection. And there's, to be fair, I didn't realize there were that many Castlevania games out there kicking around that they're still putting them in new ones into collections that I hadn't heard of. Gosh, that's a big franchise. Yeah, it's a very, very big pr- franchise. It's Great Enix showcased Actraiser Renaissance for the Nintendo Switch. It's out now. Anton, what were you? What was your take on this? Yeah, so this is a remaster, remake of a 16-bit game, but to be honest, of a SNES-era title. And to be honest, it kind of reminds me a little bit of your Splunker HD Deluxe review, just having edited it of, it's, you know, it is the old game with flaws and all on the Switch. If you loved it before, you'll love it again. Uh, who knows if you'll go back, because there's a lot of moving parts in this. You have uh, kind of 2D fantasy killing stuff and then you've got like a city building element where you're also destroying your city to make more city uh, it's an interesting title yeah it looks beautiful I and mean, they've done a very nice job with the visuals it does look very very nice but you can tell that it is a snes game that they've made prettier this even just the way the character moves the way the animations are uh, it's not even a franchise i was particularly aware of but it feels to me like a very random title to remake, but it, maybe it was bigger than I gave it credit for at the time. Yeah, uh, similarly. Didn't know much about it before, but I think it's a good addition. Toby Fox announced Delta Rune Chapter 1 and 2 for the Switch out today for free. Uh, Chapter 1 I have played. It, it was already free. I'm really glad we got this so quickly. We were talking about this last week uh, coming out on PC and we thought we, they might wait for a while to give us the Switch 1, but here we are. We've got both Chapter 1 and 2 for free. The only downside is I know it's going to be ages till Chapter 3. I want to play like the whole whole game in a winner so i haven't played it yet but um obviously i i have played chapter one to be honest i'll have to go back and play chapter one again to get through chapter two anton because it's been so long yeah you know this is a, a nice one to see totally convinced toby fox doesn't even like money anymore he's got enough of it it would appear um but i'm really excited to play this um the thing that really held back the development of chapter two is the fact that you had to switch game engine halfway through development and basically scrap and start from scratch. So hoping we get chapter 3 in sooner, um, but nevertheless, looking at chapter 2 in of itself, it really looks like it's moved the needle forward, even within of its primitive 8-bit aesthetic. Just looks a lot more dynamic than the first title and Undertale. Um, so yeah, very excited. Hoping we get chapter 3 soon enough and uh, hopefully get the full experience um in due course because um i just want to sink my teeth into this yeah really varied gameplay styles are shown in that trailer there's so many different ways of playing what was well visually it's a very simple looking game uh, really really smart very very smart coding and the fact that it's come out as you know another one of the free trickle of updates is great uh, i'm super chuffed with this i just need to go and actually play it yeah i mean recommend undertale i think it's on sale at the moment on the eShop, and thoroughly recommend it's a great sale on the eShop right now by the way uh, but undertale if you haven't played it just play it stick with it it's it's a weird game but it's just oh, so good then we had a montage now this montage had hot wheels unleashed coming out four days time surviving the aftermath which is coming out in the holidays Shin Megami Tensai 5 with more from that game uh, we had Wreckfest coming out in the uh, autumn and Rune Factory 5 coming out in March next year a couple of things out of those Hot Wheels Unleashed uh, Wreckfest looked kind of fun and Shin Megami Tensai 5 I thought looked um, really quite incredible but not a huge surprise one theory on Persona by the way 
one of the big theories that I heard this week on why we haven't had any Persona on the Switch yet is because they've been putting so much effort into Shin Megami Tensei Five that they've been waiting for that to kind of get released and to, to kind of be finished before they move back onto Persona because they are technically from the same world and that was the one that was the original Shin Megami Tensei Persona was technically a spin-off um, but Persona sold better so they want to put more into the Shin Megami Tensei release and then return to Persona so I do wonder if there's something in that um, but it looks great I have to say they've done a really good job of that I'm not so worried about that game weirdly I really love Persona I, I can't see me going out and rushing to buy that one Al what was your thought on the montage? Uh, it, it was an interesting little montage. I have to say, Wreckfest looked both interesting and a bit crap at the same time, in as much as the game looked quite good fun, but it looked like it was running a PS1. It was very, very weird visuals. Um, there was actually another one that was missing in that montage, which was the uh, Arcade ar- Archives of Pac-Man and Xevious, uh, which, I have to say, didn't float my boat in the slightest. But yeah, no, I think I, I, that little one, Shin Megami, Ten- Shin Megami Tensei Five, does look interesting, but Wreckfest was definitely the one that piqued my interest because cars... Yeah, you know, it's funny. I feel like it's, you know, just part of the structure of a direct to have a montage in it. And this one was quite a light one. I feel like they just had a montage because they knew they had to have one. That's how the directs work. But um, yeah, Sleeping on Wreckfest. Uh, that's one that, out of the lot, the only original newly announced title. And it's a title that I played on Xbox Series X and I really enjoyed it. It's very fun. Um, looking at the Switch port... It definitely looks very, very cut back, so you're not quite getting the oomph of your crashes and impacts and the scraping and all the destruction, which makes that game so uh, tactile and fun. But hoping the whole game's in there, and especially, I think, the multiplayer aspects of Wreckfest, of destruction derby with your friends with real soft body physics simulation, um, just lends itself so nicely to couch co-op, and Switch couch co-op lends itself so nicely to Switch, so match made in heaven yeah it's um yeah yeah it's going to be interesting to see how these all pan out then we had (laughs) what the hell was this okay (laughs) this was stupid (laughs) so i watched this whole thing with my brother um i mean i watched the whole direct with my brother and uh, he he was watching we were messaging on whatsapp uh and and he's never seen a direct before because he's not a nintendo gamer and i persuaded him i said you got to watch this you're gonna love it you're gonna love it and he was like okay okay i'll watch it and he was cracking up. At this point, tears were rolling down his face because the whole thing, if you're not a Nintendo gamer, watching a Direct is a really strange experience. I mean, the clicks alone are enough to send people kind of slightly mad. Um, but yeah, oh, it's a very dry one. That's because I'm in a very dry room. You've got a lot more echo in yours. Do yours again, Al. <laughs> it's funny. It's, I can tell this room is very treated for vocals. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, where was I? Yes, this was brilliant. Miyamoto came on to reveal the Super Mario movie. It's coming out in uh, in the holidays 2022, so end of next year, we think. The casting is fantastic. Chris Pratt is Mario. Char- <laughs> Charlie Day is Luigi. So uh, Anya Taylor-Joy plays Princess Peach. Jack Black is Bowser. Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. <laughs> uh, Keegan-Michael Key is Toad. Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong. Kevin-Michael Richardson is oh. um, comic. Sebastian Maniscalco is Spike and Charles Martinet is uh, well is going to have a surprise cameo is Mario of some sort I'm assuming I don't it's just great uh you know, there's been like memes on social media where they recast Lord of the Rings and they have these awful castings and this feels like one of them. Like at first I'm like, I see Chris Pratt as Mario. I'm like, 
I've watched that's awful and then it gets to chat back by Bowser I'm like okay this is where we're going here and then as soon as I think I'm getting used to this wild casting they whip out Seth Rogen and I'm many actors like that's normal Al please explain Dude. this Seriously, I am so hyped about this. This made me so happy and uh. hyped and excited. This is like an all-star cast. If I could pick a cast of sort of my favourite actors to possibly be in this movie, they pretty much got all of them without me even knowing that's who I wanted to be in it. It's just the whole... I mean, for once in my life, I might actually like Toad. If it's got Keegan-Michael Key playing Toad, for once, Toad might not be too annoying. I just... My mind has been blown. I'm so hyped to see this movie now. It's just going to be awesome. They've got, like, comedy legends coming out of their ears in this film and it's nice to know that Miyamoto has been so you know heavily involved in this film too which is just kind of sweet and fun to think of it is it's great and they, they made a real point of that, that they were in partnership and yeah I'm excited for it it's going to be really really good we've got that and we've got Sonic the, the second Sonic movie next year so it's going to be great for gaming movies um, okay we then had a couple so we've got two more of these from the direct we're going to get your thoughts on that a couple of quick rumours and then the quiz this is going to be the longest ever episode by the way Nintendo then showcased Splatoon 3 which looks great new story they seem to have put a lot more emphasis this time on a story mode um, Anton as well which I think is really sensible because otherwise if you're going to have a new Splatoon Splatoon is kind of Splatoon and how do you sell it other than the, the multiplayer sells itself so what do you do you create a new story mode there's a whole kind of um, different vibe to it and yeah it, it looked looks a lot of fun yeah it's a, a bit of a shame to see that they're kind of repeating the same sort of turf with the multiplayer it doesn't seem like they're trying to re- reinvent the wheel like they did with Splatoon 2 in terms of adding their horde mode but nevertheless, um, yeah, they seem to be taking the learnings that they did from their kind of inklings, uh, kind of expansion pass for Splatoon 2 and pushing it to the limits, uh, giving it the scope and budget of a full title, um, which, you know, it's great to see because the first two titles didn't have great deals, uh, campaigns. The DLC was a step in the right direction and now they're going all big on it. Very edgy trailer. Very cool trailer. Uh, they really seem to be embracing the Splatoon style, and then they managed to like undercut the the coolness that they built for themselves with like the the person that seems to talk about Splatoon a lot. Um, but I love him nonetheless. He somehow contorted himself into a free for Splatoon three, which I love. Yes, yeah, a squid researcher. Wonderful. I have to say, I, I've only ever played a little bit of Splatoon 2. I'm going to say at Mike's. I feel that's where I played it. Probably. And watching this trailer without really much knowledge of the game, I just looked at it and went, oh, it just looks like Splatoon 2. But admittedly, the story does add a whole new element and layer to it and make it a slightly more intriguing proposition because I never bought the original one mm-hmm. because there was no one player and I'm more interested in one player than I'm in multiplayer. Yeah. So story mode to, does finally make Splatoon uh, of interest yeah, I mean, to me the, and I suspect a lot of other people there, there is a story mode in Splatoon um, and there was a DLC that was you could buy which I, I did actually buy which was a kind of story mode but to be honest this is much more there's much more emphasis on this one and, and it that seems to have kind of been a big selling point I agree with you Anton though I was surprised I didn't see more variety in the in the kind of online stuff I, I would have liked to see more differences in it you know from the previous one because it I did look like yeah. Splatoon 2 <laughs> yeah you know it, it, they didn't even have to invent the wheel I think even if it was like 8v8 
you know, that would have changed the game a lot. Mm-hmm. But um, nevertheless, yeah. excited. It's still good. Um, it's going to sell well. As I mentioned earlier, I'm needing to pick up a new copy of Splatoon. And good timing, they're making another one. I know. And then finally, we had Platinum Games showcasing Bayonetta 3. Finally, we got to see something of the game coming out 2022. I thought this looked pretty good. I mean, I'm not going to buy it. I'm not that bothered about Bayonetta 3, if I'm honest. But I thought... I thought it was kind of cool and I thought they did a good job of showcasing it. When it started, I thought, oh no, where's this going? Is this going to be good? And then it sort of all became very epic and over the top and, and actually got me interested, got me hooked. So de- definitely interested to see how this one goes. I think a lot of people will be very happy that we got to see more, Al. Yeah, I'm just going to say, do you so, because I think we were talking about this. It was either in last week's episode or it might have been in our last call for the patrons. I'm not sure, but I do remember having a conversation saying, yeah, yeah, I know that Platinum Games has said they're not allowed to talk about it. That's because Nintendo wants to talk about it and we're going to put it in the release. And someone went, no, no, that's not the case. Told you. Just saying. And as for the game itself, it does look, well, exactly as you would expect. I have to say, actually, I was more interested in it at the beginning with all the soldiers running out, shooting at the big monster, and it looked kind of interesting. Uh, and then the main character turned up and I was like, yeah, okay, so it's Bayonetta 3. This is fine, but now it's gone a bit more OTT than I want it to be. But it's in line with the originals, so you can't really complain. This is what these games are. And it's going to make yeah. a lot of people very, very happy. Yeah, I, I'm a, a little bit more miffed by it. I think it'll be a fun game, but I won't lie. It looks like Bayonetta 2. <laughs> and I don't know, after like one five years since they announced it and then another like five years since Bayonetta 2 I was kind of expecting it to look not you know a little bit newer uh, are you meaning you know, visually I think it'll be fun I love the last two yeah visually like it just looks incredibly similar to Bayonetta 2 but with some slightly drearier lighting because it's just very moody now uh, <laughs> which I think just is one scene but then combined with at least the visual fidelity that hasn't improved too much I'm like, oh, I was kind of expecting a new Bayonetta, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, I can see I, we've moved platform, I guess. We've, we've increased. Weirdly, I played, I think, the first one or two. I had them when I bought my Wii U. It came with both of them, I think. And yeah, I tried playing them. I just could not get into them. But it was all that swiping around on the touch screen just annoyed me. I was like, I don't want to do that. I want to press buttons. Stop making me swipe and touch the screen. Yeah. So if this goes back to just being able to play it with a controller without the stupid stuff... The game might be quite good fun, but yeah, I, I kind of I know what you mean. It does look slightly dated. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm gonna gonna sit on the fence in this one. I, I haven't played the first ones for comparison, to be honest. So, um, but no, I thought I thought that uh, there were parts of that trailer that I really enjoyed. So it'll be interesting to see how it develops. There is still time, of course. There we go then. So we've now talked at length about the Direct and I want to get your overall um, score. So we'll keep this fairly brief, but just a summing up and a score out of 10, please. And we'll start with Al. This is a really... This is probably the hardest one that we've ever had to score because as a general one, it was a bit... But some of the highlights were really, really, really high. I mean, the, the expansion pack as divisive as it is, really lift that up to probably one of the best directs we've ever had. But the rest of the level, well, that and Kirby, the rest of the level is quite low. I don't know. I'm inclined to weight it high because of the excitement, but I kind of want to temper it with if Nintendo come out and charge a fortune for the expansion pass, I'm going to give it nine and a half out of ten, but I reserve the right to take that down if they charge too much for it. Interesting. Okay, Anton. 
Um, yeah, this similarly is a very tough one. I think if it was just based on the games, you know, it would be a tough one, especially since I think some of the third party offerings were slightly weaker this time. But the you know the NES Online expansion pack, you know, expanding into third party consoles, um, you know, puts it in a position to cover what uh, the Wii Virtual Console did with the you know Turbo Graphic, Neo Geo, and Sega games. Uh, in the way that I never thought was going to be possible on the, uh, the Nintendo Switch, uh, very beautifully. So, I'm going for a eight. It, um, it's interesting. It would be a six on games, but the NES Online brings it up. It's interesting because I think a lot of people would score this one super low as well. Um, I think you could see a lot of people scoring this a four or a five, and I think if you ask some of our Patreon supporters and some people that are listening now, they probably disagree entirely with both your scores. So I think that's what's made this one really interesting. I actually came out of it feeling a bit flat, weirdly. Um, but I also think there was something to do with the fact it was so late at night. And now when I've gone back over it with a kind of fresh perspective, I've gone, no, this is actually, there's a lot of good announcements in here. But for some reason, I didn't have the ex- sort of the hype that I have with previous ones. Um, other than the fact it was a direct, which is always hype anyway. And there were some real highlights, weirdly. So it, I don't know. It's like, same as both of you, it's very, very strange. I mean, my, I think that the seeing the new games, the new boards on the Mario Party stuff was great. I think the Cur- Kirby was great. Knights of the Old Republic was great. Um, there were a few in there. Uh, and then obviously the N64 online stuff is great. But there was not, there wasn't really a real shock I think that's what it is. There wasn't like a real... Getting Sega on Nintendo. Okay. You don't call that a real shock? Okay, that, Come on. that was a shock. But what I mean is there wasn't a real shock of a modern day title or a new IP or, an ex- or a sort of, you know, it wasn't like we'd seen Breath of the Wild 2 for the first time or it wasn't like we had a new Mario Kart. There was just something missing. There was an element missing from it. That's the best. It's like someone's made an amazing lasagna, but there's just one ingredient that's, it doesn't have the depth. There's just something missing from it. So for that reason, even though I thought it was really good and really steady, it didn't have a peak. It had a couple of troughs and it had a couple of kind of like, oh, that's great, but there was nothing for me up there. I'm going to give it a seven. You know, I think that's fair and I'm with you, you know. <laughs> I think Kirby, The Forgotten Land, top-notch title, but I think if they had one more, it, it didn't even need to be a big one. I think another first-party announcement would have been nice. It didn't even need to be like one of the big ones, you know, an F-Zero, a Star Fox, it would have just been nice. Um, I mean, I'm being very harsh on it. You know, I I know I'm being harsh, but it's based on my own, I don't think seven is fair overall necessarily, but it's based on what I felt about it. So I've gone seven and I also think nine and a half is is fair. So it's a really strange one. It it is really, really difficult. And I mean, I'm, 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 even I'm uncomfortable giving it nine and a half, but I've, think that's what it is but at the same time i'm conscious of the fact that yeah kirby was great and it was a new game we got to see for the first time there weren't many new games in there and there weren't many games that made me go and the thing that's got me most excited is the release of a whole really old games yeah i know so i mean mean, depending on how i look at it what angle i look at it from it was either really really good or really rubbish but i'm just gauging my nine and a half on how excited was I after the Direct? And I was massively excited because of that expansion announcement, even though it's all games. Yeah. Put it this it's way. It's a shame. The the Mega Drive games are such a big announcement, such a surprise, but I think the fact that it came after the N64 games took away the luster because it's like, 
oh, there's these cool new 3D games. You're getting to free for play Ocarina of Time. Um, I put some more SNES game S games on the console. Yeah, I know. It's um, the other. I think the other thing as well that was interesting for me is we weren't instantly onto each other to do a special episode, albeit it was late at night, but we didn't sort of go, we've got it, we've got to find a way to do a special tomorrow. We've got to find a way to get together and put something out. Uh, obviously, this is our special combined with our normal episode, but that even though it was later in the week and it would have been much more difficult than normal, so that is another reason. But I do feel that had it had that special moment, we would have all gone, we need we need to talk about this. We need to get this out today. And I think that was another thing that played on my mind. I didn't, and after it happened, I didn't think, oh, I need to contact the guys and see if we're up for doing this because I thought, we'll talk. I, I didn't even watch it till the next day. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't watch it live because, you know, 11 p.m. I, Who puts on? I, st- no. I know. Well, I stayed up for it. You see, I was very tired the next morning because, as you know, I'm up at 5.30 every day. So uh, so that was uh, that was a bit of a killer. But um, there we are. That was the, the, uh, the Direct, the September 2021 Direct. And finally, we can now move on <laughs> to this week's rumours. <laughs> now, I'm not normally one for gossip, but... Uh, Japanese trademarks have appeared for Klonoa... Encore. Tell us about this one. I don't know much about this franchise, um, Anton, so tell us about it. Yeah, Klonoa is a, very much a cult classic of the PS1 era. It was a 2D platformer in a 3D world when 2D platformers were very much on the outs. So at the time, was looked at as like, oh, this rubbish dated title um, has built up a cult classic following because it is just a really, really good platformer. Uh, sold awfully, so it's incredibly rare. So I'm very excited to get to play this game in a more accessible format on a new console with a gaming culture that I think can appreciate what a good game it was at the time. Is this the same game that was on the Wii? And there was also a couple on the Game Boys as well, I think. Indeed, is it, yes. Was, is it, are they the same games or are they in the same world? This is what I couldn't quite figure out. I, I'm not too sure about some of the former ones. I don't think those ones are as beloved as the PS1 entries okay yeah i mean i i think as well that this is the perfect place for this type of game you know again i've said it before i think the switch is becoming the the hub for retro gaming and for classic games being ported i think that's one of its strengths so i think this is definitely a good thing if this does happen and yeah i haven't seen some of the screens of it i think this looks really good i think definitely excited to see if this does come to the switch but not as excited as if this one comes to the switch because the brazilian rating board have leaked alan wake remastered for the nintendo the nintendo switch now we know this is happening uh on other consoles i alan wake is probably the most hyped game i've ever had in my life i would say out of any game i've ever um sort of pre-ordered or bought and they announced it about four years before it got released eventually on the xbox 360 and um it went through all sorts of changes nobody really knew what alan wake was for a long time and i bought it on release day finished it i think maybe not release day but maybe the next day um and i never do that and i loved it it was great it was really really good so um I'm excited about this one. A remastered version sounds fantastic. Please come to the Switch. It's probably going to be cloud version though, isn't it, Anton? Yep, you know, love it. Great game. Very excited to play it. Uh, Cloud version. It's got to be, you know, they did a great job on control and I feel like anything uh, the team does is going to be looking gorgeous, incredible, cutting edge. And that for us on the Switch means cloud version for the moment. That could be interesting. I know Mike is exceedingly happy about it. I think I may have played like the first five minutes that so we got scared and turned it off, frankly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
I, I really, really do hope it comes to the Switch. I, I am almost at the point where, because we don't really know anything about the Pro, even though I've got the OLED coming, I'm almost at the point of thinking about picking up an Xbox or PlayStation for certain titles. PlayStation has the the exclusives. Xbox has Game Pass. Um, I'm not loaded, can't buy them all, <laughs> would love to. Uh, but the Nintendo Switch still is, you know, my number one. There's no doubt about that. And um, But it's just sometimes when you see these games, you think about cloud versions, you think... Hear, mm, hear me out, Mike. Come on then. Steam Deck. You get Game Pass and they're bringing PlayStation exclusives. You could do your God of War on there. You could do your Detroit Come Human and then you could play your Game Pass games. Uh, yeah. Um, it's called that Switch format. Uh, yeah maybe maybe i don't know i don't know it's uh it's weird it's a strange it's a strange strange um thing but uh, i'm probably i'm gonna buy something at some point um but you know <laughs> you're always buying stuff <laughs> well i know i know that's the that's my problem that's why i have that's why i never have any money because i'm always buying tat right on that note uh that is it we've now reached the quiz i have so many questions Wow, you're right. This is the longest episode we've ever done. We're an hour and a half already, and we've not even finished the quiz. Right, let's no. see. Let's see how quickly Anton can get these answers, and then we can move on. Yeah, let, <laughs> let's uh, let's do our A game, Mike. We need to get through this. Okay, okay, let's do it. <laughs> All right, our first game is a survival horror from 2009. Technically, it's 2009 in the US. It was 2010 everywhere else. Um, Dead Space, Resident Evil Five. No, no. Uh, it was ported to the PS2 and the PSP. In 2010. Oh, man. Uh, did, did I say then... it was originally released on the Wii? Did no, you that? didn't. It's originally no. released on the Wii. Is it... Uh, dead Rising off the top? No. Um, is it... Wii Zombie? No. Developed by Climax Studios and had five possible endings. Survival horror, you say? It is. Is it um, Alone in the Dark? It is not. Um, yeah, that was a good game, that. Is it... Oh, what else? I'm trying to think Wii and then PSP and PS2. That's that's um, an odd. Is it Silent Hill? Go on. Four. No, you need better than that. There's a reimagining of the original game in the series. It basically had the same story, but it was set in a different fictional universe, slightly different plot, slightly altered characters. Um, Silent Hill Origins? Nope. Uh, I mean, you're not going to get this, so I'm going to keep going through them. Silent Hill Awakenings. Uh, Nope. Uh, Among the changes made was the removal of combat and the constant presence of monsters. Uh, The gameplay took place in two parts. One was sort of a framing of it. It was you're in a first-person psychotherapy session. And then the second part was sort of an over-the-shoulder perspective of the protagonist's journey. Silent Hill Remastered. Nope. Silent Hill (laughs) House. I think Mike deserves a point on this one I I think we're probably going to give it to him Yeah, let's just give it to you and move on It was Silent Hill Shattered Memories Shattered Memories I mean, we Uh, could literally have sat here all night The fact I even got Silent Hill I am delighted with So, Have you even heard of Shattered Memories? I hadn't, but I don't pay attention to these (laughs) It rings a bell now Because I think it's like a £45 title I think it's incredibly rare Well, there you go Okay, next one Uh, I'll be impressed if either of you get this But you might do 2011 Wii Party Game. 2011. Um, boombox. By Steven Spielbergs. Boombox, no, but you're very, very What did close. you say? Boombox. 
What did you say, Anton? Uh, broom blocks. Um, I'm going to say one of those words is in the title of this game, but um, it's not that. Is it um, new blocks? Nope. Uh, <laughs> developed by Marvelous AQL, published by Square Enix and Nintendo. Uh, Square Enix Boom published Street. it in Japan. Boom Street. Boom. Never heard of it. He got it. It's a weird one. I remember looking at that in Asda and just being like, so it's got a slime and it's Mario Party, but it's not Mario Party. It's basically um, Monopoly. That's what it is. It's yeah. Monopoly that Nintendo and Square Enix have ripped off and put their own characters in. Wow. It's, it was I've a really weird one. Don't know why it existed on a console that had so many Mario, so, uh, Mario Parties already. Yeah, very, very bizarre. Okay, well, it's one apiece, so it means it comes down to the tiebreaker. <sighs> so, uh, Anton, go first. What year did Astro Fang Super Machine come out? <laughs> God, um, it was a Japanese-only title. So if you get this, I'll be massively impressed. Nineteen ninety. I'll Mike. go nineteen ninety-one. I am massively impressed. Anton got it right on the money. Nineteen ninety. Oh, what? <laughs> uh, you know, it's um, actually my favorite game. I forgot to mention. <laughs> Never Are you serious? Nineteen ninety. That means Anton is now on twenty-two points to Mike's twenty. Well done, I'm Anton. Actually, Good job. raging. <laughs> I've sat here for an hour and 34 minutes to be beaten by a guess from Anton and he manages to get it bang on in a game that doesn't I mean, even... of all the years out there, of all the names, you had, yeah, that is so unlikely. Well done. Yeah, I was like, it's either going to be a, a weird Super Famicom game or a weird British and microcomputer game. So uh, yeah, that was NES. my bet. NES, but Japan only. Uh, I'd... Right, that's the end of the episode. Bye. No, I'm joking. It's not. It's not. Well, we're just about there, though. That is it. Well done, Anton. You are two points ahead. Only only upside for me is if I win next week, I'm equal again. So, you know, because I get two points, you get one. Um, yeah. Well done. <laughs> I feel like you should just cut it where you're like, that's the end of the episode. Bye. Just finish it there. <laughs> I would accept to say thank you so much to everyone for your continued support. We really appreciate it. And remember, nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us. Remember, we are on all the Twitters and the YouTubes and the everything else's. Um, and yeah I mean it's been an epic episode we won't keep you much longer hopefully you've enjoyed it over a commute or two uh, Al anything to add? Yes keep listening the next few weeks uh, when we finally decide what to do with the remainder of our excess beanies that we ordered mm. uh, there will be something fun or cool or you know interesting being announced nice. shortly Anton yep. And do check out the Twitter because it's quite handy to keep on track of the podcast we're doing, the reviews we're doing, updates to the website, ties it all into one narrative. And occasionally you get a shout out to whatever cool video game music Mike's doing at that moment. <laughs> oh, I have a very cool one coming, but I can't talk about it yet. But we will mention <gasps> it on the podcast at some point. Uh, that is it for another episode. Thank you so much. We will speak to you soon. Goodbye. Cheerio. Au revoir.